G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Hello, Lyle. Welcome along to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Great to be with you again. Uh, Lyle, a quick reflection before we get into the important issues of the week ahead, and certainly with regard to same-sex marriage and amendments and those sorts of things, but there's been some significant things happening across the weekend too. One of those was the New England by-election. Did you have any reflections on Barnaby Joyce being re-elected with a a significant uh, margin? Yeah, this was um, not unexpected, Neil, but... Uh, he did uh, increase his margin uh, massively, uh, somewhere over 60% of the primary vote to Barnaby Joyce, up from about 52%. I think uh, it is worth noting, though, that he didn't have a, a Labor um, uh, candidate, um, or, or, or sorry, I should say he didn't have Tony Windsor, his, his nemesis, uh, contesting with him. So um, that does mean that uh, the result is probably a little skewed, given the, the lack of um, a a significant competitor as he's had in the past but nonetheless it was a big win for Barnaby Joyce and uh, the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has sought to leverage that uh, to uh, show that the government is united that uh, they're having some wins and successes and that they're getting uh, things back under control after a pretty scrappy uh, few weeks where you've had uh, the National Party um, humiliate the Prime Minister on a, on a Royal Commission into Banks uh, and, and, of course, all the um, debate over the so-called uh, freedoms in same-sex marriage. So so it's it's been a testing time for the Prime Minister, but uh, some good news for him as a result of Barnaby Joyce's re-election and his um, being allowed to go back into the Parliament after this citizenship uh, fiasco. As you say, some good news for the Prime Minister, because heading into the Benelong by-election, which is coming up... Uh, He's going to need all sorts of good news foundations because that one could be a little bit closer. Yes, it could be. Um, John Alexander, uh, who, like Barnaby Joyce, was caught up in citizenship and had to uh, leave the parliament. Uh, he is on a on a smaller margin. Uh, he's got a high-profile star Labor candidate in Christina Keneally, the former New South Wales Premier and uh, Sky News commentator. Uh, there's also uh, the Christian Democratic Party running a candidate, uh, along with the Australian Conservatives Party, uh, Cory Bernardi's party. Uh, so a couple of Conservatives, um, you know, potentially taking votes away from John Alexander. It's going to be a tough contest. And uh, if he loses, um, that will see the government uh, in minority uh, government. Uh, still able to govern, govern but uh, very much on a knife edge. Fair to say, Lyle Shelton, that not everything on the more conservative side of politics is smooth sailing because last week you had the New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro who called on the Prime Minister to resign uh, over uh, what he would call poor leadership. Well, he's restated that call for Malcolm Turnbull to resign again today uh, because he sees Malcolm Turnbull is not able to win the next election. What are your thoughts on perhaps what might be internal divisions uh, within that conservative side of politics? There is no doubt that John Barillaro's comments are reflecting uh, deep concern and discontent within the ranks of, of the government. 
the way he's expressed that perhaps hasn't been judicious. Uh, it's been quite blunt, uh, putting that out there on a, on a radio interview um, without having talked to the Prime Minister. I, I think that is the lack of a basic courtesy. So it's a bit of a clumsy intervention. But nonetheless, it does reflect uh, a lot of the thinking within the coalition. Uh, they are very desperate. Um, that's why Malcolm Turnbull is very keen to bask in the limelight of Barnaby Joyce's by-election victory in New England. Um, he'll be seeking to do the same with the same-sex marriage debate going through uh, the Parliament uh, this week through the House of Representatives. Um, so, but uh, John Barillaro sticking to his guns, uh, it does reflect uh, a lot of discontent. And uh, I think, you know, it's still too early to say whether the Prime Minister uh, is out of danger uh, in terms of being replaced. But uh, the problem that the Coalition have is that they don't know who to go to next and they know the Australian people uh, do take a dim view on this revolving door uh, in the Prime Minister's office. So uh, I think, on balance, Malcolm Turnbull will be safe, uh, but uh, there's a lot of panic in government ranks about uh, their prospects at the next election. Well, let's talk about the same-sex marriage legislation in the House of Representatives this week, and they'll be debating that as early as today. Uh, your thoughts on the fact that it's gotten this far and that by the end of the week we're likely to have same-sex marriage legalised in Australia? Well, I think we have to accept that that's going to be the outcome. Uh, the uh, yes, yes campaign won uh, the plebiscite convincingly, but they did so on the basis uh, of saying that there would be no consequences to other Australians' freedoms. And clearly, they're not delivering on that. The uh, Dean Smith bill, which passed the Senate last week and uh, debate on it has just begun uh, today in the House of Representatives, does not deliver freedom of speech or freedom of religion, despite what some people are saying. Uh, the, the freedom of religion protections are very narrow and only protect um, a, a paid professional member of the clergy who happens to be solemnising a wedding ceremony and, uh, and virtually not much else. Uh, this creates massive vulnerabilities for anyone who wants to speak out loud uh, that marriage is between a man and a woman. It creates vulnerabilities for Muslim and Christian schools, for pastors who want to preach about marriage from the pulpit, being exclusively between one man and one woman. Um, this has been quite a shock to see uh, all of the amendments fail in the Senate that were designed to protect freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And uh, I don't hold a lot of hope that the House of Representatives will pass any meaningful amendments this week. Um, I've just seen... Uh, opposition leader Bill Shorten give his speech this morning uh, and Tanya Plibersick, his deputy. Uh, they um, clearly are giving no quarter to meaningful protections of, of freedoms. And uh, I think this is a, a shock uh, to most Australians who are used to free speech and freedom of religion just being part of who we are as Australians. And I know the migrants who voted no expected they were coming to a, a country which allowed freedoms but after this week uh, i think uh, we will have crossed a significant rubicon as a country where free speech and freedom of religion uh, are no longer a part of who we are as australians and uh, i think that should be a big wake-up call for all of us particularly uh, everyone in the church who who perhaps didn't get engaged in this debate over the last 10 years when we should have uh, now we're seeing that we've lost something very precious an interesting dimension there to make mention of, Lyle Shelton, where a group of Anglican bishops has split with some of the church's top leaders 
uh, to declare support for the current version of the same-sex marriage bill before Parliament publicly calling on lower house MPs to resist the Conservative push to insert stronger religious protections. Uh, There is uh, not always complete agreement within uh, such a large body as the Anglican Church. Any comment on those bishops? I think it's it's very disappointing that um, people who purport to be leaders in a Christian denomination uh, A, uh, seem to be giving tacit support to a definition of marriage that creates injustices uh, to children um, and that creates uh, injustices in terms of freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Um, I, I just think that's a great shame that these bishops uh, are saying this. I, I don't think they know what they're, they're really talking about, to be honest, and um, they are going along with the spirit of the age instead of uh, staying true to uh, what uh, the Bible and what anthropology teaches about gender and uh, about human nature and human relationships. So I think it's a great a great shame and I'm very thankful for the Sydney Anglicans in particular who have stood strong uh, in the Anglican Communion in Australia and upheld uh, the biblical definition of marriage and, um, and a biological and anthropo- anthropological uh, view of what it means to be a human creature. And Lyle, we know that there will be uh, coalition conservatives who will be trying to introduce uh, and uh, push for amendments to the bill. Uh, Is there any remote possibility that some of those amendments might get up? Because, as I understand it, the Prime Minister would be supportive of some of the amendments. And, uh, in fact, uh, perhaps he might even be trying to save a little face because the sorts of words like betrayal have been uh, uh, really thrust uh, Malcolm Turnbull's way. Is there any possibility that you think there could be some amendments that might be introduced I think um, it is there is a remote possibility that some amendments might get up. Uh, the Prime Minister has signalled that he would support an amendment that protects uh, Christian charities from losing their charitable status if they support the idea of, ma- of uh, marriage remaining between a man and a woman if they want to express that publicly as part of their organisational culture and structure. Um, but uh, that's that's just one of many amendments that are necessary to protect freedom. No one is um, is, is suggesting that um, you know freedom of speech be protected to prevent another Julian Porteous case where an archbishop was dragged before a anti-discrimination tribunal in Tasmania. Uh, I, I don't hold any prospect that um, an amendment that would provide that sort of a protection will get up. Uh, I think this is a very serious um, day for Australia, and, and I think it is disappointing that the Prime Minister, who said, during the campaign that he supported freedom of religion more than he supported same-sex marriage, is only seemingly prepared to throw uh, a couple of crumbs uh, for uh, freedom of religion and uh, nothing for freedom of speech. Um, Again, I I just think Australians need to reflect on what is happening this week in the parliament uh, and realise that uh, we are losing something very precious in our society that has been taken for granted uh, for all of our history. And given the time constraints, somehow or other it seems a little too hard if there were amendments that were accepted in the lower house because they would then have to go uh, by virtue of the fact that this is the way our parliament works, it would then have to go back to the Senate and then come back to the lower house. And given the time constraints and the Prime Minister's promise that all of this would go through before Christmas, it doesn't look like they're going to allow any time for anything like that to happen, Lyle. I think that's right. What we're watching is a very brutal process that's been driven by 
a number of same-sex marriage activists and gay people in the parliament uh, who, who have control of the numbers in the parliament and they do not have an appetite to do what they said they would do and that is ensure that no one else's freedoms would be affected. And I think what you'll see this week is you'll see long debates into the early hours of the morning, um, particularly uh, tomorrow night. Uh, then you'll see um, the process is truncated to make sure that this is passed before the end of the week. Uh, even if the House is successful in, in making some amendments, I have no confidence that they'll make, make it back through the Senate process. So um, I do think this is going to be a dark day for freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And I think even many yes voters uh, will uh, have a sense of betrayal because they voted yes based on the promise of the Yes campaign that no one else's freedoms would be affected. Um, clearly, the Yes campaign and their fellow travellers in the parliament have no intention of honouring what they said during the campaign. You have to remember that every day when we raise freedom of speech and freedom of religion, we are accused of raising furfies and red herrings. Um, what we're seeing is the validation of our concerns and the ruthlessness of the Yes campaign in uh, ramming through uh, their agenda, which is really to deauthorise uh, a Christian vision of marriage uh, in Australia and to make it illegal to express that view publicly. No doubt we'll be talking some more through the week about all of these things as they begin to unfold in the House of Representatives. Before I let you go, Lyle Shelton, another issue, one that is looming large, and it's on the issue of political donations. Uh, we know that uh, Sam Dastiari resigned from some positions that he was holding. He still is as a backbench senator now uh, in the Senate for the Labor Party. But it appears as though opposition leader Bill Shorten is being dragged into this scandal with reports that he also travelled to the home of the Chinese billionaire in question here uh, discussing donations about the Labor Party. Uh, any thoughts on how that whole issue is beginning to evolve? Well, it's very murky, uh, Neil, and uh, I do think that Senator Sam Dastiari has questions to answer about his loyalty to Australia. When you're tipping off uh, a Chinese donor uh, who has links to the Communist Party, that his phone may well be uh, surveilled by our uh, national security authorities, uh, that really does call into question someone's loyalty to Australia. Uh, these reports that Bill Shorten has attended uh, meetings uh, with this particular individual, uh, this Chinese billionaire, obviously seeking donations for the Labor Party. I mean, Sam Dastiari is not some, you know, minor player. He is a, a factional player in the Australian Labor Party. Uh, he's someone at the uh, the core of their fundraising uh, and the core of um, of how power is distributed in the in the Labor Party, and uh, it doesn't surprise me that Mr. Shorten is very much engaged with him in these endeavours. And uh, I do think there are questions uh, that need to be answered, both for Mr. Shorten and for Senator Dast Dastiari, and uh, and that that go to Senator Dastiari's um, uh, whether he's worthy or not to be an Australian senator. And obviously there's questions of Mr Shorten uh, in terms of his relationship with these Chinese individuals. No doubt that's another issue that will be uh, coming to light through the week and there'll be a lot of debate about it. Lyle Shelton, always so good getting your insights. I'll point people to the Australian Christian Lobby website, acl.org.au. That's where you can keep up to date with Christian perspectives on these political issues as they are unfolding. Lyle Shelton, uh, so good, as I say, getting your insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to share them with us today again on Twitter. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.